You're listening to episode 56, Write Your Own Report Card with Emily. Welcome to Midlife Confidence, where it's all about women living a fulfilling life as they move beyond 40, 50, and 60. I'm Vana Davis, a certified life coach with 20 years of my own midlife journey behind me. And just like you, my best years still ahead. I'll take you inside real life coaching with a guest client so you can see for yourself how a beautiful life starts with a beautiful mind. Do you keep a report card in your head? One that usually shows that you got a C minus or unsatisfactory in some life skill or personal quality or another? Hmm, I wonder who wrote that report card and why you're still using it to judge yourself. Well, let's talk about writing your own report card. This is our third and final episode with Emily. I know you've come to know her a little and what's going on in her life and her heart in the last two episodes. She's pretty awesome. And remember, if you're interested in being a guest client on this podcast, I want to focus right now on women who are seeking more purpose and meaning in their life now, maybe even trying some new things in their life or feeling more fulfilled in what you're doing now. So just get in touch with me. You'll get three free coaching sessions and we'll take clips from it to share on this podcast. Well, Emily was one of my first coaching clients nearly two years ago, and I'm always interested in how coaching influences people's lives over time. So I asked her if she would share her thoughts about how the coaching we did then has influenced her since. I didn't know, I didn't know what to expect coming into my first session. (laughs) I'd never worked with a life coach before and I didn't think there could be much change made, but I was able to gain some awareness surrounding things in my life, things I didn't know that were going on. And that was freeing for me, just gaining awareness in itself. So I gained awareness about my thoughts and feelings and actions And then with your help, (laughs) I was able to practice intentional thoughts and then eventually intentional actions. Mm. As a result, I felt an increase of personal power and some confidence that I could have. And I realized I could have what I want in life and do what I want in life. (laughs) But I definitely have seen some changes since my first visit. I, More specifically, I know that I can have more compassion for myself compassion for my growth and also learning to respect other people in their journey as as well. Yeah. (laughs) When you understand it for yourself, you realize other people are going through the same thing, right? Right. Yeah. That was really cool to understand that I'm not so, I don't need to be so intertwined (laughs) with (laughs) their journey. Yeah. Let them have their journey. You take your journey. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's just really freeing to gain awareness that I couldn't really have done on myself by myself. I've had the experience myself that once I learned more about what was going on in my mind through being coached and how that was creating the experience I was having, that the way I thought about things changed ever since. One simple example is my first coach taught me to notice that whenever I felt afraid or worried to ask myself, Why am I perceiving this as a threat? How can I see this as an opportunity? 
And just that one practice made a huge difference in my emotional state and the energy I had to go do things. So thank you, Lamont, for coaching me. And thank you, Emily, for sharing your thoughts. Emily is returning to the university now after 20 years of full-time parenting. And advancing our education in midlife is exciting and also brings up all our insecurities. I had that experience too when I earned my master's degree at the age of 50. In many ways, older students are better equipped emotionally, they're more disciplined in their life, and so they do very well. But that doesn't stop us from comparing ourselves to others or worrying about grades or wondering if we have the mental capacity we think we need or feeling the pressure of getting projects done when we have full lives already. It's kind of funny now looking back, isn't it, how we thought we were so busy when we were in college the first time. I hope you've noticed and you love and honor how your capacity to handle a lot has expanded drastically since then. Well, in Emily's case, her husband is a university professor who's been involved in the academic world for years, so that's become a point of comparison and self-doubt for her. Listen as we talk about detaching from other people's measurements for success. Really, now that we're grown up, we get to write our own report cards and decide what success is and evaluate how we're doing by our own definition of success. So how could it be great for them to see their mom go take on some new experiences? I, yeah, that'd be good exercise for me. Um, It would be great for them to see me like achieving goals. Mm -hmm. Why? Why would it be good for them? Then they can be inspired to make their Mm -hmm. own life how they want it. I can have what I want in life and you can Mm -hmm. have what you want in life. Right. How else could it be good for them? They could push through struggles. Like my, my struggle is my mental block with education. Mm-hmm. I really have a hard time focusing. But once I push through, I can do really well. Mm-hmm. It's just that like the attention deficit. Like I know a couple of my kids have that. Yeah, yeah your kids need to see that like it doesn't matter if you have some kind of attention deficit or any kind of learning challenge. Yeah, the self-doubt is really hard in the beginning. I noticed mm-hmm. when I took that course, my quizzes were pretty low. But then I started to enjoy the material and I really put effort into it and I uh-huh. started to get A's. And so that showed me mm-hmm. that voice isn't really true. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and how awesome now that you have your own personal experience that you can like help your kids with when they're facing the same thing. You can say, oh, I know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. And this is how I got through it, feeling more comfortable and doing better. And yeah. you can too. Because mm-hmm. I think <laughs> that college is mostly work. It's not really your ability or talent. And mm-hmm. that is another point that I feel my insecurity comes from is I compare myself to my husband's intelligence Mm -hmm. and that needs to change because I'm not him. I know. And I just always had comments from his mom too, like, Oh, you're marrying a genius or, Oh, you're married to Joey. You're amazing too. And these things are like, what? (laughs) I can't believe this. Yeah, because he shows up in the world as a PhD, you know, mm-hmm. professor. So I, I'm afraid that all my work will come to naught because I'll be compared to him. 
you know, mm-hmm. like it will, I will get to this point and feel successful. And then somehow it won't be mine. It won't be my mm-hmm. achievement. It will be somehow not as good or mm-hmm. like, how can I just be happy with what I achieve, even though it's right. this ho-hum degree that is so easy for someone else like him to do but yeah I'm just like oh I can't believe I did that yeah it's hard yeah and it's again it always comes from our thoughts about what other people are thinking and the key there is to like let other people have their thoughts even when they're wrong about you okay it's okay for them to be wrong the person that matters is what you know and what you think about yourself and how healthy for you and for your kids to be able to differentiate from, okay, there's this person in your household who has an illustrious career by many people's opinion, right? (laughs) And so if you can learn to show up the way you want to and love what you've accomplished and recognize Mm -hmm. your own different gifts, Mm Right? So we need people with different gifts. So you're just in the process of really figuring out what yours are. And allowing yourself to realize they're every bit as important as anyone else's. I'm kind of an artist. I do those personality tests. I'm an artist. Okay. And I think I need to respect that. Yeah. He's not. (laughs) Right. Let's think about what do you want? If you could set aside your husband's opinion and anyone else's opinion of what it means for you to get a degree and do well, what are you hoping to get out of it that is just for you? I hope to get fun because it's really Mm. fun to use my mind and put ideas out, write papers, be proud of myself for that. I like find myself in that kind of work. Mm -hmm. And then I'm settled. I feel settled at the end of the day. Like I worked hard and that's gives me satisfaction. I did something good. (laughs) And I actually have a podcast that I could have suggested to you. I just thought of it this morning. (laughs) So I have one episode on lifelong learning. So if you want to go listen to it, it's episode, let me see, I wrote it down. It's number 43. Okay. The reason I thought of that is because there's two questions that I offered for people to ask themselves when they're returning to school to try and help them figure out, what am I hoping to get out of this? Oh, nice. And so one of them is, how will I know that I'm successful? And you said, I want to do well in school. Yeah. And so if you can shift from knowing that doing well means getting A's, because that's one way to measure success. But I just asked you what you wanted out of it, and you didn't say what I wanted out of it is an A. What you said is fun. Mm -hmm. And to discover myself, because you feel settled and satisfied. How could you start to shift your definition of what success is from getting A's and getting approval from other people to these other things of like fun and just self-discovery and satisfaction. Yeah, because I want that because I feel like Emily, like I feel mm. me, I feel the <laughs> most me Yeah. when I do that. I, I really 
want to shift to be okay doing that more in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's been like so many years of trying to please others and not feeling or not even knowing what Emily is or not knowing how to experience myself in mm-hmm. a way that I'm, yeah, those ways. <laughs> Good. That's great. And so it's way easier to judge our progress with a report card because it's there. Someone else gave it to us. We didn't have to, I mean, you do the work, but then someone else hands you this and then you have this like a a gold star, like evidence. Here's evidence that I'm okay, right? (laughs) And this other way of determining if you're doing well will take more effort but it will be more rewarding. So some ways you can do it is make a list of these things. Okay, I wanted fun. I want to find myself. I want to feel satisfied and settled. So creating your definition of what it means to do well in school and how you will know that you're getting what you want out of it. Here's another question for you, and this is in the podcast as well, which is what do you want to be able to do because of your education that you can't do now? I want tools. I want the growth to be able to help people. I want to, you know, because of the tools and the growth through education, to have that confidence to sit by someone and know exactly, like, the route, direction to go with a therapy session. Mm -hmm. So you want to be able to help people with the tools that you'll learn in your master's degree. Yes. And I know people do help people because I have friends who mm-hmm. have gone through it and they're very happy. Uh-huh. It's been wonderful for them. Yeah. So just those few things right there are a great list of success. Yeah. And you mentioned like learning to not let other people in your head. And so this schooling is a great practice for you. It's a class in independence and learning to choose your own measure of success. Yeah, I think it's exactly what I need. Mm-hmm. And I I know that BYU is free, so I put pressure on myself to get into that program because it's the elite, and you know, my husband's the elite because he works there and he went there and he got his doctorate, but I I don't have to do that because that may not be me, you know? I can... Right. Yeah. If I can't hit that bar, I can have my degree at a number of schools. Exactly. And it would work out. Yeah, and how could that be just fine or maybe even better if you end up going somewhere else? Yeah. I mean, it might allow you even more to have your independent measure of success, right? Yeah, something alternative. I don't know, Uh just different. And if it costs more, how could that be okay? Um, I told myself it's okay because since it's my journey and my career, I would take it upon myself to just work towards paying it back and it'll be fine. It'll be worth it. Mm-hmm. Thanks. That was a lot of <laughs> work right there. <laughs> oh, emotional. Okay. Well, when we're emotional, that means we're getting to what's really true, right? So that's a good sign. Yeah, it's just a lot of sadness, just like mm-hmm. kind of seeping out right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's great for you to 
have that compassion for yourself because you have kind of been suffering for a lot of years around this, right? Yeah, kind of just taking the role of superwoman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's good to let go of expectations about that. Yeah. Oh, it's just so good when clients get down to the bottom of things and they start to come up and release that emotion. That's such a good sign. Before Emily and I ended our session, you know, it's always easy to come up with all these ideas during a coaching session, but if it doesn't go on to change someone's life, then what is the value, right? So I wanted to be sure that she had a practice going forward to keep in mind over the next few years what she decided she wanted to use as her measures of success in school. So the way to keep these things in mind as you go through your schooling, every week, pick one day a week, it could be Sunday, Thursday, it doesn't matter when, just pick one day a week and a time and write down these things that are your measures of success and ask yourself how in the last week you have succeeded in these areas. And this is regarding your education, right? So how did you have fun? And how did you discover or find more of yourself? Okay. And when were some times that you felt settled or satisfied? Okay. And then two more. When did you practice emotional independence? So, you know, when did you get a chance to practice owning your own feelings and be responsible for them and and not needing other people to make you feel the way you wanted to feel? (laughs) (laughs) And the last one is, how did you learn to be more prepared to help people? Okay. So like long-term impact for my education. Mm -hmm. Don't stress about grades. Right. That's other people's way to measure success. You don't have to adopt it. Okay. I remember hearing a quote lately that came up again as I reviewed this session with Emily. And it was, who are you afraid of seeing you fail? I think there's a profound honesty in that if we can get down to it. We all have our own goals, and we would be disappointed in ourselves if we don't reach them. But the real anxiety and fear about failing comes from not wanting someone else to see us fail. I'm finding I get some real, almost brutal clarity when I'm honest with myself about that. I've noticed that if I'm not aware, I will go appoint certain people to a place of authority in my head, and I start judging and second-guessing everything I do by what I think that person would think. Why do I care so much about that person's opinion? Why did I decide I needed to prove myself to them? It's sobering to notice and very liberating to release them from that unwanted role to a place of equality and friendship. So it's a great question to ask yourself whenever you're feeling stressed about performing or accomplishing or succeeding at something. Who are you afraid of seeing you fail? What if we could just let go of what people think and allow them to think whatever they do without it squashing our self-esteem? The one person whose opinion really matters is you. And that's why I worked with Emily so much on defining what success will look like to her and reminding her to keep focused on that. 
Other people's measures of success will try and draw away our energy, our confidence, and our peace. We have to be in charge of protecting that. So think about that thing that you're working on now, any goals or projects or work or responsibility that you have. What if you quit trying to measure up to some report card someone else made up? Could it change how you feel about it if you took some time to set a thoughtful and clear definition of what success means to you? It's time to write your own report card. Be peaceful, be powerful, and love your radiant heart. I would really appreciate it if you would share this episode or this podcast with a friend and stay tuned to hear more about my Midlife Purpose Project course because it's coming along this week. I am actually testing it with a live group of women, had about nine women on a call today and it's so fun to have seen it get this far. So hopefully in four to six weeks, it will be out there where anyone can go through it. Take care until next time.